0: A reading from the Book of Wisdom. The souls of the just are in the hand of God, and no torment shall touch them. They seemed in the view of the foolish to be dead, and their passing away was thought an affliction, and their going forth from us utter destruction. But they are in peace, if before men, indeed, they be punished. Yet in their hope full of immortality is their hope full of immortality. Chastise the little, they shall be greatly blessed. Because God tried them and found them worthy of himself. As gold in the furnace he proved them. And as sacrificial offerings, he took them to himself. In the time of their visitation, they shall shine and shall dart about as sparks through stubble. They shall judge nations and rule over peoples. And the Lord shall be their their king forever. Those who trust in him shall understand truth and the faithful shall abide with him in love, because grace and mercy are with his holy ones, and his care is with his elect.
1: Verbum Domini.
2: Minus for
1: biscuit singer
2: to all sancti evangeli secundum your honor. Jesus said to the crowds, Everything that the Father gives me will come to me. And I will not reject anyone who comes to me, because I came down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of the one who sent me, that I should not lose anything of what he gave me, but that I should raise it on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life and I shall raise him on the last day. Just one announcement, tomorrow Uh, October 6th, there will be at 3 p.m. at the Grotto, the uh, Rosary for Life and Vocations with uh, Bishop Baker. So we invite all of you to join us for that tomorrow. That's at 3 p.m. tomorrow. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Today we commemorate and pray for all of the faithful departed of the Franciscan order, of all three of the Franciscan orders. And these are those faithful men and women who dedicated themselves to walking in the footsteps of St. Francis of Assisi in poverty, chastity, and obedience, and who persevered to the end for the love of God. Our first reading from the Book of Wisdom should be a a source of great comfort to those who pursue justice, those who persevere in righteousness in accord with God's will. The author of the book, who some believe to be the son of King David, King Solomon, tells us that the souls of the just are in the hand of God and no torment will ever touch them. The souls of the righteous. And while this promise is certainly true, at the moment of the death of a righteous person, this is also a promise that we can keep with us throughout the duration of our earthly lives, as long as we are pursuing righteousness. Those who strive to become like those whom our our Lord calls blessed such as when he says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, these people remain safe in the hand of God. No torment will touch them. Even in the midst of threats, of trials, of sufferings, their souls are kept safe from harm. You know, our Lord himself says, Fear not those who can harm the body, but then afterwards can do nothing after. Rather, fear the one who can kill both body and soul in Gehenna. And then at the hour of their death, these souls are preserved from the snare of the evil one and are joyfully received into the heavenly kingdom. Now, for many, there there may be a period of purification in purgatory. But even there, thanks be to God, they at least enjoy the consolation that they will one day enter into the joy of certain union with our Lord, Jesus Christ. Now, in the eyes of the world, the death of a faithful religious person, in particular, You know, we're talking today about those who belong to the Franciscan family. You know, in the eyes of the world, this seems like a waste. You know, it seems like the culmination of making a foolish choice, of throwing away one's life. Those who are worldly cling to worldly pleasures and are only fixed on satisfying their base desires in this life, the base desires of the flesh. They might view those who give up their lives to serve Christ and who make the sacrifice of having a family of their own and their own personal autonomy, they might view these people as quite foolish. You know, the world values pleasure, money, and power. Whereas the religious forsakes these things which are not sinful in themselves. They can become sinful when they become ends in themselves. But they forsake these things for the sake of focusing on union with Christ above all else. Now, to be sure, there are very few who are called to this life of consecration. It requires a special grace to live this vocation faithfully. And the consecrated religious, then, responds generously to this grace and seeks to live it out in his or her daily life. Living out one's religious consecration we can say is both simple and yet it's also very challenging. It's simple since there is actually very little that is required of a religious, absolutely speaking. You know, that he or she live in accord with the rule and constitutions of their community, and that they observe faithfully their vows of poverty, chastity, and obedience. I mean, it sounds very simple. Upon making their vows, the religious will hear something like this from their superior. If you live out these vows faithfully, I promise you life everlasting. So it's, it's set out very simply. In other words, the newly consecrated person already belongs to Jesus Christ in the kingdom of heaven. You know, if they died at that moment, you know, granted that they're in a state of grace, that's it. You know, they've made it to heaven, provided that they've lived out, you know, strived to live out their vows. Of course, human nature being fallen as it is, you know, this is something that is easier said than done. The rest of one's consecrated life then becomes a constant battle, which is usually a struggle, not against other people, but a struggle against one's own sinful inclinations and one's own preferences. What must then take place is a a continual dying to self, a taking up of one's cross, which can take the form of anything from overcoming certain vices to dealing patiently and charitably with that one irritating member of the community. And many of the challenges are really not that dissimilar from what others would experience in the married life. You know, there's, there's a lot of crossover. You know, there, obviously there are differences, but there's a lot of similar struggles that we all go through. And each of us is called to persevere in our particular vocation. In the midst of trials, difficulties, temptations, and tribulations. Not to mention, you know, the joys and the graces and the celebrations of life. But it's really through those trials and difficulties and temptations that we grow in the spiritual life. It's only through the cross that we grow. And it is through all of this that our love for God and our love for neighbor is strengthened and purified so that we might love others for their sake and not for our own sake. You know, not for any sort of gain that we might receive. Jesus tells us in today's gospel, all that the Father gives me will come to me, and him who comes to me I will not cast out. So regardless of our state in life, we come to Jesus in love through the sacraments and prayer, and we remain united to him in a state of grace as we seek to love others. So on this day we pray in charity especially for those deceased members of the Seraphic order, the Franciscan order, who have died and are undergoing purification. May they rest in peace and enter finally into the joy of the heavenly kingdom.